Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Monday, May 15th, Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, who's usually with us on Fridays, uh, had some uh, uh, complications, conflicts, I should say, Friday arise. So he's going to join us later today uh, on the uh, show uh, to break down the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. And I know he's got a couple rants up his sleeve, is what he told me. So uh, looking forward to uh, that when he joins us later today. Uh, of course, the conference semifinals, the second round will come to a conclusion tonight with the final game of the second round, uh, Game 7, the only Game 7 uh, in the second round between the Seattle Kraken and the Dallas Stars. Uh, that game will be played tonight. We will break that game down from every angle. We will leave no stone unturned. We'll give you lots of potential betting options for that game, sides, totals, first periods, uh, player props, you name it. Uh, we will men- talk about all of it in a little bit as far as Dallas and Seattle is concerned. Looking forward to that. As always, no two better words in sports uh, than Game 7. Uh, of course, the last time we were with you, it was Saturday, uh, and we ended up seeing, of course, Saturday and Sunday uh, games taking place. Of course, Dallas-Seattle, we'll get to that uh, when we talk Game 7 tonight between the, uh, those two teams. Last night, we've said goodbye to the Edmonton Oilers as they get dispatched in six games uh, by the Vegas Golden Knights. A very solid, uh, tidy, strong road effort by the Vegas Golden Knights and a 5-2 to two victory uh, in Game 6 to take that series in six games and advance to the Western Conference Final for, believe it or not, the fourth time in the franchise's six years of existence. That is unreal for a team that just entered the league six years ago, and here they are now, four out of their six seasons, they have made the conference finals. Uh, Very, very impressive stuff, and the Vegas Golden Knights uh, did so once again. What a crazy batshit wild beginning to that game last night. Obviously, three goals in the first uh, five minutes and a two-to-one Edmonton lead, Uh, and you know, when they gave up that first goal to Riley Smith, my first thought was, uh uh-oh, that's a very bad omen to give up a goal that quickly. But sure enough, Edmonton got it right back. Connor McDavid tied it up not very long after that. And then Warren Fogle uh, gave the Edmonton Oilers a 2-1 to one lead uh, a couple minutes later. And it looked like Edmonton had regained control of the game. Uh, it got to the end of the first period, 2-1, to one, and they were still in pretty good control of the game. And then they pretty much had the start to the second period that Toronto had in game two of their series against Florida on home ice. Edmonton didn't look right coming out of the gate in the second period. Vegas was controlling the play, uh, and Vegas was having some several good shifts in the offensive zone. They weren't really giving up much at the defensive end to the Edmonton Oilers. It was definitely Vegas carrying the play at five-on-five even strength to begin that second period, which is basically a microcosm of the whole series. We know Vegas was the better team at five-on-five even strength, throughout that series and it played out it's you know the last night I I read a stat that going into last night's game I believe the even strength five on five goals were 13 to 7 in this series in favor of Vegas so that just tells you how much damage overall in this series offensively Edmonton did on the power play uh, as opposed to even strength sure enough Vegas played a disciplined game 
They weren't in the box very much, and that gives you a puncher's chance every time to beat the Edmonton Oilers, and they were just working away. They had some good forechecking shifts. Marcia so what an unbelievable second period for him. The natural hat trick. He got it started with the game-tying goal to make it 2-2, and the next thing you know, it ends up 4-2 Vegas by the time the second period ends. And at that point, you know, with the way Vegas can play good team defense and structure and with multiple cup winners, you know, leading the way on that back end, including Alex Petrangelo, including Alec Martinez, Shea Theodore, who's one of the better underrated, not talked about enough defensemen in the league. Zach Whitecloud has developed incredibly strong. Braden McNabb's a good playoff defenseman, a warrior, physical, knows how to shut things down uh, in the defensive zone. You knew that even for a team with the firepower like Edmonton has, good luck trying to battle back against this team. Uh, and sure enough, that's what happened. Vegas, I can't say enough, and uh, you guys can hit on it too when you talk, when you mention uh, last night's game, but I can't say enough how incredibly good Vegas defensively was in the third period. It was a clinic. It was a complete shutdown uh, of the Edmonton Oilers. And Bruce Cassidy, man, I mean, what a job. And I love Jay Woodcroft, and he's and he's uh, he's still a good coach, and he will continue to be a very good coach. But Cassidy got the better of him, especially in the latter few games of this series. What I noticed with Vegas's defensive coverage is earlier in the series they were paying almost equal attention to the points along the blue line and the front of the net. Cassidy, I think the last couple of games said, you know what, Edmonton, if we coll- if we take away the crease area, we let them have their initial shot box out, have their initial shot, and we take away the crease area and those rebounds right in front of the net, we're going to do an even better job defending this Edmonton team. And so it was like a wall they built around Aiden Hill, you know, in the last few games of that series. And Edmonton just couldn't get to the blue paint. They couldn't get to the crease. They couldn't get to those loose pucks. And Edmonton or Vegas played just an impeccable defensive game, just clearing out the front of the net. There were never any second or third chances for the Edmonton Oilers, right in front of Aiden Hill, especially last night in that third period. It was just an incredible effort by Vegas. And the few times there was a breakdown in that third period, and there were a couple times, not many, but there were a couple. Man, Aiden Hill came up large with a couple of incredible saves, including one on Echo uh, midway through that third period, which just is incredible. just dove. He just basically launched himself forward and somehow got a piece of the puck. It was just a phenomenal stop. It was an incredible effort. Goaltender out by the Vegas Golden Knights in the third period. That's how you play. Closeout game on the road against an excellent opponent. That is about a Picasso or a Rembrandt or a masterpiece or whatever words you want to use that the Vegas Golden Knights put on last night. They were the better team at five on five, even strength. It was just too much power play uh, and only power play production for Edmonton in that series. And give Vegas credit for shutting down the big German, you know, Leon Dreisaitl, who. What, six goals in the first two games? Nothing after that? It was really stunning. Three, four, five, and six, not a single goal for Leon Dreisaitl uh, in this series. And you got to give Vegas's blue line a lot of credit for that as well. Just a great effort. Great coaching again by Bruce Cassidy, who's on to the conference finals. Uh, Vegas, a terrific job. And full marks for them winning this series. If you're Edmonton, I don't want to hear your beefs. You know, I don't want to hear about how Petrangelo should have been suspended more than one game, which I'm hearing from some people on Twitter. I don't want to hear about how the refs missed the – and that was a bad miss on Echo, you know, when he was bleeding there late in the third. But do you really think you lost the series just because of that one missed call? Come on, get real. I mean, you were outplayed at even strength. You were outplayed at five-on-five. Five. You know, get a clue. 
You know, the missed call on Ekholm when you're already down 4-2 with five minutes to go in the third period. It's not why you lost the damn series. Get your heads out of your asses. If you buy into that narrative, shame on you. You know, you were outplayed in this series at five-on-five even strength. Uh, Vegas was the better squad, particularly in that department. Uh, and their goaltender was better than yours. Stuart Skinner, I'll say this about him. He, you know, it was a bit, bit uh, Kelly Rudy was na- nailed this completely on the broadcast. He said, it's one thing to pull Skinner once, twice. When you start to pull a goalie three times, especially in one series, it gets into their heads a little bit. And maybe it did last night with Stuart Skinner, who again, you know, Aiden Hill was the better goalie. And, you know, Kelly Rudy said, maybe last night was the night you should have went to Jack Campbell starting that game, who has actually played very well in the games where he's pulled relief duty here for uh, Edmonton in these playoffs, but too little too late. Now, like, would they have won the game if Campbell starts? I'm not sure about that. They still might've lost to be quite honest, but you know, it's a decision that could have been made and wasn't made. And it looked to me just watching Stuart Skinner's never played this much hockey, especially at the NHL level. I mean, it's just amazing the number of games he's played. You know, he's gone all the way to the second round of the playoffs. This is a big ask for who's a very young goalie. He's an NHL rookie. I think people forget that. He's an NHL rookie. You know, this is a lot to put on his plate. And I think he just hit a mental wall, and I think he hit a physical wall in the last couple games of this series. That's what it looked like to me watching Stuart Skinner play. But credit to Vegas. They're on to the Western Conference Finals. Alex, a great job by the Golden Knights. Absolutely. Uh, just a terrific job by the Golden Knights. And, you know, in, in this age of snap reactions and extremism, everybody wants to jump to, you know, conclusions. That, well, our team lost because of X, Y, and Z. No, why can't it just be that one team beat the other in a series and, and both teams play great hockey and the, other, and the better team won? Like, that's literally what happened in, in the series, right? Like, as great as Edmonton was, and we've talked about the vaunted power play and all these different things, they still had issues getting over the hump. We're not talking about a team that's won a Stanley Cup. We're not talking about a team that's been in a cup final, uh, you know, in, in the last, you know, 10 years uh, with this big core of, of McDavid and Dreisaitl. They still had their issues, and we said it the entire time, the biggest thing that's probably going to, to be the collapse and downfall of the Oilers will be their goaltending. And it's not for the sake of them because they both were playing like crap. No, Stuart Skinner did a wonderful job. He was thrown into a situation where he was probably only supposed to play about 25 games this season, ends up being the starter to carry them into the playoffs, uh, takes up the bulk of the work in the postseason. You can't ask him for it to do anything more than he did. Uh, so, you, so you can't blame him for anything. You know, Jack Campbell, he just kind of is what he is. He's, you know, he's up and down. You don't know what you're going to get from him to, until he's in the crease. That That's, you know, we, we knew that going into the series. We knew that going in when you had to, you know, put him in at any point in, in the series. So uh, the better team simply won. You know, and it's unfortunate. You know, I had a, a Leon Dreisaitl con Smythe ticket that pretty much went up in flames. Even if, if Edmonton had won game six and game seven, no way in hell. Preaching to the choir, my Oilers futures are dead now. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And that, yeah, yeah. So, and that's the thing. So, you know, it's just the better team won. And, 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 the, and a full, you know, unit like Vegas, like you said, scoring five on five, getting timely defense, getting great goaltending from Aiden Hill. And it's funny, I was joking uh doing edge work earlier today and i said wow what are the odds that that of this team in six years the two most successful seasons at this point <laughs> they've played five six goalies throughout the year and had to rotate and, and there's been a, a carousel of goaltenders where most teams have their one or two and then still struggle and can't find ways to 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 you know advance during the season and into the playoffs so uh kudos to to, to the goaltending system Really, honestly, the coaching system down in Henderson and Fred Brathwaite, the assistant coach down there, he was a great uh, pro goalie for many years. And they've got the goalie coaches up uh, with Vegas as well. They are doing something right. 
because they're able to get these guys, no matter you know what they're on in the depth chart at the beginning of the year, they're finding ways to, to be able to, to step up to, to the moment. The moment. You don't have a lot of next man up mentality in, in the world of goaltending in hockey, but Vegas has found that uh, on two different occasions and they have it right now. And, uh, you know, Aiden Hill, if he doesn't stay in Vegas, man, would I love to see him here in Chicago. But he's going to get a lot of calls uh, this this uh, summer if, if he does not stay with the Golden Knights. But the way he's playing right now, it'd be, you know, make would make sense for him to leave I'm, at this point. You think they would they would throw the bag at him, honestly. Yeah, true. Unbelievable that he gives up the first two shots he faces last night. First two shots against him went in. And you think maybe, oh, my gosh, yeah, he's, he's he rattled. Uh, is, is he going to get pulled in another minute or two? You wonder once Edmonton got it to two, one in the first few minutes of that game. Uh, and sure enough, he turns aside the next 39 shots, 39 for 39. Uh, it's just an incredible performance uh, by Aiden Hill. And I know one proud Papa of Aiden Hill, who you <laughs> had a nice chat with uh, yeah. in Minnesota uh, a few months back. I'm sure was very happy. Proud father last night watching uh, Aiden Hill get that Absolutely. job done. Absolutely, as he should be. And like I said, that resiliency. that We didn't see that Aiden Hill those years in Arizona and San Jose. And granted, those are bad teams, right? Yeah. But, you know, we talk about the – I'm sure Pearl is watching in the chat about Corel Vamelka, for example, you know, how he might be a better goalie once he leaves Arizona. That's something that we really have to kind of look at now with some of these Arizona goaltenders, all right? We've seen these guys leave and now play a little bit better over the last couple of years, and like I said. But it's also what system you go into as well. Uh, you know, and, and I think we don't look at this – you know, deep enough. We talk about it with head coaching, right? We don't look at this a little bit deeper. And this is something I might spend a little time this summer doing is looking at goaltending coaches and their philosophies and seeing if the goaltenders they have in their stable actually fit the philosophies that they're trying to preach, because that's not always the case. You know, we've seen teams shuffle out goaltenders and all of a sudden they go on and have great careers. You really think back to even like the Blackhawks in the nineties, think about all the great goaltending they had and how well, Dominic Hoshik just happened to be the, one of the best goaltenders of all time. Eddie Belfour, already a stud, ended up you know being a, a Hall of Fame caliber goaltender. Sometimes some goaltenders just simply don't work with teams because of the style they play or even the coaching that they have behind them. It's something to look into a little bit more, and it's something that I think we you know we have to really kind of uh, use more often when assessing these goaltenders because Aiden Hill has definitely found a new level. I don't know if he's a top fifteen, top twenty goaltender just yet, but. He has improved far more this season than what I've seen from him his entire career. So kudos to him. Yeah, you know what's amazing too is we talk about in football, right? The quarterback whisperer, uh, coaches that can work so well with quarterbacks. Yeah. Andy Reid, you know Belichick, all those years with Brady, uh, but guys that just have a, a a great way of developing quarterbacks and getting the best out of them. We talk about that in baseball, the pitching, pitching coaches, coaches, the great great pitching coaches yeah. that get the absolute best out of their pitchers and make pitchers that maybe have marginal talent or lesser talent or ability and they overachieve, they exceed that, you know, ability and talent, or they maybe get better in that ability department. And it's simply because they work with great coaches around them to become better players, better pitchers, better quarterbacks for the Vegas golden Knights. Their goalie whisperer is Sean Burke. He's done just a remarkable job with this group. I can't say it enough. I mean, that's unbelievable. Five different goalies this year for the Vegas golden Knights, Logan Thompson, Aiden Hill, Laurent Brossois, Jonathan Quick. Don't forget Erie Patera, who got in there for a few starts as well. Five different goalies have started games this year for the Vegas Golden Knights. And it is a parallel to their inaugural season when they went to the Stanley Cup Final. I know they lost to Washington, but they got to the Stanley Cup Final. Marc-Andre Fleury, Maxime Legacy, uh, Malcolm Subban, um, 
the safety dance. You can dance. You can dance. Everybody look at your hands. Yeah. Oscar <laughs> Dansk. Remember him? He started a few games for Vegas that year. Dylan Ferguson. So five goalies started for Vegas in their inaugural season as well. Uh, those were the five. They got to the cup final. Five different goalies this year. And they've all come in and they've all played well. And they've all at least given their team a chance to win uh, on a nightly basis. Sean Burke, folks. Nobody te- mentions him. Nobody. He deserves a hell of a lot of credit. That's a one hell of a goalie coach they've got right there with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights right now to pull this off and have all these goalies step in and do the job. He's their goalie whisperer. Make no mistake about it. Uh, our uh, NHL insider uh, slash reporter uh, slash uh, news, uh, breaking news whisperer, if you will, is Jimmy Murphy. Uh, and he's joining us here on the uh, Ice Guys show after missing us on Friday. He's in it with us today. Uh, and I know Jimmy's fired up. I teased it before he, he joined us just yeah. now. Got some rants up his sleeve uh, here on this uh, show today. So, uh, Jimmy, first of all, Vegas advancing past Edmonton. Uh, a great job for the Golden Knights. Yeah, one, one, oh, one you're muted. I'm get an important text here for a sec, guys, just okay. uh, concerning something with the Bruins. Yeah, and just and just to go back quickly. Well, Jimmy, are you good now? Or okay, well, why why you waiting? Now? Uh, yeah. So just going back to Jimmy. Or so the breaking back, news might be happening right now. It might be. So we're going back with with Sean Burke though, like you said, with that you know having that kind of a a guy, and he was a you know very fiery combative goaltender, right, in his own style. But that's not necessarily what we're seeing from you know the goaltending necessarily that that they have currently, right? You know they're they're uh, you know aggressive and attacking and, and making saves, making themselves big. We're talking about larger goalies. He was a larger goalie, so those comparisons you can just kind of on the surface uh, see. But like I said, it's you know the deeper inner workings of, of knowing you know a guy's rhythm, knowing how many games, knowing what kind of pace. You know, is he a guy that can go long term? Are these one A one B guys? Having that kind of management, I think that that that's crucial, and that's something that, like I said, it really needs to be looked into. Who knows if Burke maybe you know gets a look somewhere else as an as an assistant uh, because of this you know job that he's done. And it's, it's like I said, it's something that is uh, really key. Obviously, you know, being focused on solely the goaltending is is, is the most uh, important thing. But having you know that possible kind of uh, you know wisdom, if you you know, pair him with another goaltending coach and you can have him as an assistant. That could be a, a really big boost as well, uh, possibly. So there's a lot of a lot of openings and opportunities for Vegas, depending on what happens here, even if they don't win the cup or, or reach the cup line. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like I say, they've uh, what I love about Vegas too is they the thing too with their goaltending is their goaltending doesn't need to be spectacular. It just needs to be good. It can't give up the bad goal. It can't give up the soft goal. It can't give up the the backbreaking goal. And you know, it, it, Aiden Hill and the Bursois before he got injured, they really didn't do that. Uh, for Vegas and everything else will take care of itself. The four lines of depth, which they have in spades, they have it, you know, and of course the blue line one through six is extremely deep. So yeah. they just need the goalies to be solid and they can, they're another team. Why not them win the Stanley cup? Why not with the way they're built uh, no, and the way they're coached, uh, of course, by the former Bruins head coach, now golden Knights head coach, <laughs> Bruce Cassidy, uh, Jimmy, uh, how, yeah. how's that text line? Is it blowing up? Yeah, well, I mean, just uh, something going on. I, I, I've written a little story earlier this week because I've been uh, tipped off that goaltending coach Bob Asenza here with the Bruins could be in trouble. Um, amazing. I don't know how that's possible. If you go look at his resume and what he's done in his 20 years as a goaltending coach here, uh, it's insane. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's kind of coincidental. You were talking about Sean Burke <laughs> at the same time of getting those texts. Um, and he's done an amazing job. I agree with you with the goalies there in Vegas. But, 
you know, just on this, I really hope it, it seems like it's a, a legit thing that could happen. I really hope it doesn't because, I, you know, I, I think it's unfair. The Bruins are clearly looking for a scapegoat right now. So if they were to do this, that's exactly what this is. And, it, and it's sad that they're going to do that to somebody who's been so loyal to them and done so much for them. I hope they don't do that. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, quite frankly, and we'll, you can intertwine it again with the Knights here. Uh, I think the wrong coach is in Boston and the right one's in Vegas. You know, and, and I said this when it happened, and I, mm-hmm. I'm i not going to be a jerk and say I told you so, but I guess I am. I'm a jerk. I, I know we have footage. Mm-hmm. I, like, I know no, this I year is your first year. Yeah. You weren't with us every day. You were only on every week. But I know last year in the free agency show, I think you were on with us. You said right then when Bruce had gotten fired, mistake. He's yeah. going to be good wherever he goes. And I think he'd already been hired by Vegas at that time. It was like 24 hours later, and Vegas is already calling him up to for the job. And you said, watch him in Vegas now. It'll be great there. It's a great fit. And look at now, Western Final. Well, this is a proof that you can't always let the players dictate what your team does as an organization. It can't. Yeah. There has to be a chain of command. I'm sorry. I know we're in a new era right now. I don't mean to be the old man yelling at the clouds right now. But the truth is, you need a chain of command. That's why you have a coach. That's why you have a GM. That's why you have an owner. That's just how it is, and it's always going to be that way. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's too much of the inmates running the asylum right now. Look, I, I love that core in Boston. Those are great guys. I've had the pleasure of covering them. I think there's a lot of future Hall of Famers there. Marshan, Bergeron, you know, Krejci, I don't know, Hall of Fame, but he's going to be in a Bruins Hall of Fame, that's for sure. Um, you know, these are great guys. They've accomplished a lot. It's not a knock in them, but maybe that was the change this team needed. You know, and I said this last week, I said, everybody's like, well, is Bergeron going to come back? And they afford him like, well, do they want him? Do they want Krejci back? I mean, when you look at it right now, they didn't get it done. They were all in. They didn't get it done. At what point do you rock the boat and change things around on the player level and start to move forward from the last decade. You know, it's just part of life. There's cycles. This cycle appears to be done, but I don't think the Bruins are ready to admit that. So it's, it's interesting just to watch Bruce Cassie now do what he's doing in Vegas. And I think that the way that the Bruins played in that series against Florida and, and some of the mental mistakes they had and, and some of the lackadaisical play they had, I don't think that would have happened under Cassidy, you know, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, guys. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and you know what? And, and, and I agree with it, too. Like I said, at the time, I was right there along with you. I thought, you know, firing Cassidy was a strange move. I thought bringing in Montgomery was a questionable move because we just didn't know what we were going to expect from him, obviously, with, you know, the exit. And even not even just throw the Dallas exit out of the way. Just, okay, he was an assistant in, in St. Louis, but St. Louis wasn't, you know, yeah. great. You know, that was they were still yeah. running off the, the, you know, the end of the fumes from the cup run. So, you know, we, we thought that was just kind of two questionable moves for different reasons. Why would you fire Cassidy? Is Montgomery really ready to be back in the head spot? I don't know if Boston has the great regular season run they have with Cassidy. I think they needed a new fresh voice in the room I'm early. With you on that. And so that's the, the, the catch-22 of it. It's like, yeah, they could have used Cassidy late, but you can't trade coaches. So, but, you know what so I mean? they like, get in as an eight seed. Look what Florida's doing. You know, I mean, mm, it, it, like, it, yeah. it comes to the thing, like, what do you value more? Do you, do you value that amazing regular season? Because I'm telling you, the players don't. And John right. Sweeney said it flat out a couple of, you know, last week, a week ago tomorrow. He said flat out, no, that doesn't matter. And it's too bad. It's going to get lost in the in the loss here in the playoffs. And yeah. I just see them as being a, more of a Florida-type team if they had kept Cassidy, this team that 
yeah, they had a roller coaster season, but the, they find their groove at the right time. He's already gotten them the game seven in the Stanley Cup final before. Maybe the stale voice in the locker room wasn't the coach. Maybe it was the players is what I'm trying to get at. Maybe gotcha. that voice is gotcha. stale and that needs to be changed. That, that, exactly. And that's to your point that, hey, it's time maybe to sh- not blow this thing up totally. And I don't think that will happen, but shake it up. You know, and Toronto's now faced with that same, you know, conundrum yep. now. Shake it exactly. up, not blow it up, shake it up. You got to have some change, some yeah. kind of change going into next season. You just can't run back this whole group top to bottom. You Every know, year. Be some, yeah. 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 I mean, you what's the definition be. of insanity, right? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just keep doing exactly. the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. So, that's right. I mean, that's what's going on. And, you know, but with Vegas, great job by them. Um, I, I thought I had a feeling that it was uh, going to be a game seven, but I was wrong. Vegas, uh, really, I thought their game plan that they had put in place by Cassidy, they did a good job of not veering away from it. Even when things weren't going well, they stuck to their plan. They kept their structure. And, uh, yeah, that's a legit Stanley Cup contender right now. Why not them? You're right, Ian. And the same goes with the Panthers, too. I mean, why not them? And why not yeah, the I'd say why not there? anybody that's still standing? Yeah, why not I, anybody? I can make a case anyone still standing can win it. This is the yeah. craziest playoff I've ever seen in my life. It's it's yeah. – <laughs> Yeah, it it's is. insane. It's going to be the Sun Belt Stanley Cup Final Four if Dallas uh, advances yeah. tonight, and we will get to that, of course, uh, momentarily. Or if Seattle advances, well, say, if Seattle advances, you have the two expansion teams from the, the right? last few, yeah. few years. Oh, the hockey purists are already pissed off. Okay, Edmonton yeah. and Toronto are gone, and now it's it's either teams in sunny states or expansion teams that are playing for the cup. Yeah, they're, they're, they've all they've all killed over in their chairs. And they're, it's you know, true. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny to watch. Look, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of a hockey traditionalist at heart, but at the same time, you know, we evolved. Things go right. on. we got to move on. And these teams are part of the league now, and they're proving that it's not just some joke when they get in here. It's fun that now that they have expansion teams that can come in and be competitive. And you look at that Seattle team right now, and I think one of you were saying it, that Seattle team, to me, is almost identical in terms of style of play and in terms of how they're winning to the 2018 Vegas team. Mm-hmm. There were no real big superstars on that team yeah. besides the goalie, right? I mean, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember. I think I don't think there was. But, I mean, now Vegas has quite a bit of superstars on their team. But th- that was just a sum of the parts team, and that's what Seattle is. That's a great point. This is literally almost identical because you had the growing stars now – they were young then, building you know, yes. the, the, the emergence of Wild Bill Carlson. That was that was 2018. And now yep. he's kind of tailed off a bit, but he's you know still an elite level player. All these guys that are doing things for Vegas now, they were there then as, as young players with you know core veterans that yep. were brought in from the expansion draft. It's pretty much the kind of in lockstep. And it, it it feels more realistic, I guess, because they lost last year. It wasn't right. just this you know crazy run and all of a sudden yeah. you won there in the cup final. So it, it's it kind of, I think we have more time to absorb it now and see that, wow, they've really got something they can build upon here. Yeah. And they didn't get the sweetheart uh, trade deals that Vegas got. Remember when like, what were they doing? I forget. They had some kind of loophole or something they were doing to work GMs into trades. They wouldn't necessarily make to help them in the expansion draft. Do you remember that? Right. And then they were flipping guys who they had to leave exposed, but they didn't yeah, want to yeah. to Vegas that necessarily. Yeah. 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 There was a lot of weirdness yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. They, they did away with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it's been just remarkable to uh, see uh, Vegas have this uh, run. Uh, and you know, what's funny getting back to the Bruins just a little bit. I saw a very fascinating opinion piece. I forget who wrote it, but about Boston and said, I think I have. I think there's some truth to it, and I think there's a good part of it I agree with. You know, this season for Boston, 
it got off to that great start, incredible start, all the injuries to start the year, and they still won games, and they still had that blazing hot start in October, and they just rode it through the rest of the regular season. It was just an outstanding, historic regular season, but they were riding the high off the new voice, Jim Montgomery, who compared to Bruce Cassidy is kind of Mr. Nice Guy, player's coach, you know, everything's all cotton candy and rainbows and sunshine and lollipops uh, in the dressing room with Jim Montgomery there, and all the sugary, sweet honeymoon was basically the proponent, the engine, if you will, for the great regular season that the Mm -hmm. Boston Bruins had. But when it came time to the playoffs and it was time to coach harder, play harder, you know, and and elevate yourself as a team and elevate yourself as a head coach and a coaching staff, couldn't get the job done. And that, you know, that sugary sweet, you know, honeymoon, oh, everything's great. We love this guy. He loves us. We love him, you know, and in comparison to the end of Cassidy's era. I mean, not the, I'm sure at the beginning of the Cassidy era, it was going great, but at the end of it, you could tell the, the, the voice was getting, yeah, you know, it was. Stale. I'm not that yet. but yeah, I mean, to me, there's some truth to that, that hey, once the honeymoon wore off between Montgomery and the players from this great regular season, and it came time to coach hard, coach well, play hard, play well, play with discipline, play mistake-free, coach mistake-free, in that playoff series, it's everything he said in this piece, this guy, you know, they couldn't do it. And there's definitely some truth to that to me. Yeah. And guys, you look at it. I mean, I think the biggest thing that scares me if they don't make a, you know, what would be a pretty monumental change in the dynamic of this team. If they don't move on from these guys, I don't know how Montgomery has a voice that they're going to listen to in that draft. They, they don't, they listen to Bergeron. They listen to crazy. They it's, it's a player's, dressing room and look yeah it worked it got you the best regular season ever but when it came down to it when you actually really needed a coach coaching and not a player when you needed a coach to clearly pull a goalie that was not himself that you know was taking five minutes to get up off the ice every time he went down uh that was clearly hurt whether they want to say it or not and that was really hurt and i i'm i don't like how they tried to downplay kevin week's report he's Bang on. It's clearly something that was chronic. And then to, to not be able to say no. to And look, I wanted Patrice Bergeron in the lineup. I was wrong. I'm admitting that right now. But I'm also going to say that Jim Montgomery was wrong to put him back in. That team was rolling at that time, man. I, and, and sometimes, you know, what was the old Patrick Ewing effect from way back? I mean, you know, sometimes when you get the star player back, yeah. the guys that were raising above their levels to compensate for him being out, fall flat and and boom that's exactly what happened not to mention Bergeron and Krejci the two old centers in their late 30s not only did they come back they were less than under percent there's no way there's no way they were under percent and that was another big problem uh and it's something Pierre Maguire hit on when he was talking about the end of that series that they're all older centers down the one two three four spots and you got this Florida team that's a little bit younger average age physical big Leaning on this group when two of your centers aren't even 100% health-wise, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Uh, And we saw it play out that way. But I got to get to what happened last night, Ian. I got to get this off. Uh, Jimmy, by the way, we're all all ticked off. We're all beside ourselves. ESPN went down this path as far as uh, last night's game. Let me set it up for set the table. First of all, obviously everyone knows the game started at 10 p.m. Eastern time uh, last night. With it, despite the fact it was the only Stanley Cup playoff game on the schedule uh, on Sunday. Couldn't make it 8 p.m. Eastern or 9 p.m. Eastern, make it a little easier for 
the West for the East Coast people. I said on Twitter all along, at the very least, 9 p.m. Eastern would have been a nice compromise where it's not, you know, afternoon on the West Coast. It's, you know, 6 p.m. local, still good there. And 9 p.m. Eastern, you can get the game done by 1130 or so, and it's not that bad. But 10 p.m. Eastern time on the East Coast, when you got Connor McDavid involved, the best player in the world, the best player in the league, uh, and then the fucking circus behind the scenes that um, multiple people have confirmed it. You know, I read it from some media guy that just does media uh, uh, articles. And then Dan Kangursky from uh, Pittsburgh Hockey Now followed up on it and said the same thing that what I said is that ESP or the NHL said, hold on now. Okay, this is the only game tonight. Can we not start it at 10 p.m. Eastern time? Is there some way we can get this game away from 10? Can we put it at 8 p.m. Eastern? And ESPN said, no, we won't do that. The only way we would do that is we have to put the hockey on ESPN, too. If, if it's going to be at 8 p.m. because we're contracted, contracted, you know, to do Sunday night baseball and to do it on the main network, ESPN, every Sunday during the baseball season. We can't move out of that, apparently, is what ESPN told the NHL. So we can put it at 8 p.m. Eastern, but we have to move it to ESPN two, the, the playoff game, Edmonton, Vegas, if that's the case. Well, NHL came back and said, well, wait a minute. No, you know, we want it on the main network. We want it on ESPN, not ESPN two. Uh, so and there was a refusal for ESPN to uh, to uh, put the game on ESPN and there was a refusal for the NHL to allow it to be on ESPN two at the 8 p.m. Eastern hour. So then the NHL suggests ESPN, you know, trade games with Turner, with TNT, give the game to Turner and Turner will give you a game. You know, it, 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 tonight's game, for example, Seattle Dallas uh, and ESPN said, absolutely not. You know, we negotiated in good faith for this to be our game. Game six, Edmonton, Vegas. It's our game. We're keeping it on our network. Uh, and so it ended up being a stalemate. You know, they wouldn't move it to uh, ESPN. They wouldn't move the baseball to ESPN2. NHL didn't want the hockey on ESPN2. Uh, ESPN wouldn't trade the Edmonton, Vegas game six to TNT for something else. And so they ended up stuck, you know, at 10 p.m. Eastern time showing the game on ESPN, the main network. That was the final decision it came down. And that's why there was such a delay for it to be announced the start time because they were going back and forth and just going around and around in circles like chickens with their heads cut off the ESPN folks and the NHL, you know, and they couldn't come to an agreement. That's why it took so damn long to hear that it was going to be 10 PM that game uh, last night. And then to make matters worse, it's a fucking nine to one baseball game in the bottom of the ninth inning. The game's over. Uh, people even in Boston, I'm sure or St. Louis, you know, the Cardinal fans probably turned that game off. You know, yep. at nine one bottom of the ninth, we're going to win this game. It's late, and here's ESPN rolling out that if you want to watch the start of Game Six, Vegas and Edmonton, this is in a nine one baseball game in the bottom of the ninth, a regular season game in mid May that goes until the end of September, and we're going to put the hockey a Game Six elimination playoff game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So we're going to start it on ESPN two. The disrespect, the just it it shined through. It shined through. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Even though ESPN's a partner again, it's almost like they feel that the NHL needs ESPN more than we need the NHL. We'll treat you like shit. We'll urinate on your product, and we won't think twice about doing so. And that was the ultimate urination of the National Hockey League by the folks at ESPN last night. Yeah. You couldn't even watch the first three goals no. if you turned, tuned into yeah. ESPN. And then as people got into it, they switched to the X games. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely disgraceful. Good on Troy Stetcher. 
a longtime NHL mm-hmm. defenseman putting a tweet out there. Bravo ESPN. You know, you put the start of a game six elimination game on, on ESPN two in favor of a nine one MLB blowout in, in the middle of May. Just one of 162 in a long, tedious MLB regular season. Just absolutely horrendous. Just awful. The treatment that the NHL and the sport of hockey got from ESPN last night. And I know, Jimmy, you're going to hit on that right now. Yeah, I mean, well, you hit on it. I mean, everything you just said there, I agree 100%, guys. And I just, I'm just baffled. Like, you know, at what point does the NHL, I, I would go after them. Almost because it's they're talking about, oh, we, we signed a deal in good faith. You're not doing you're not being good faith at all. You're not in good faith at all right now. If you seriously when you signed it, you believed in everything you said, where we're here to promote the game again and we love the, the NHL and we're embracing it. Is good faith treating them like that? You're not promoting the game. You're hurting the game. You had the ultimate opportunity to promote the game with Connor McDavid and Leon Drysettle and, and the Edmonton Oilers. And that just you had a awesome opportunity to promote it mother's day people are around the dinner table they're around the tv and it's i, I just i'm speechless almost Ian. i had all those things i wanted to say but now the more i think about it, i'm just like i don't get it it makes no sense it, you just failed on an epic proportion and i'm telling you i'm talking to people that work on the nhl department and espn announcers i won't name their names but i've spoken to at least five of them who are embarrassed absolutely embarrassed and and think it's pathetic what their bosses did so your own your own employees right now even think you're a joke with the way you handled this last night wake up and the nhl wake up and do something about this because this can happen again yeah yeah no very well said and and literally it's bait and switch like this is technically borderline illegal within the the, the realms of business you basically said you're going to put a, a game a product on a network at a certain time and then you switched off of it and put it on ESPN two, the network that you really didn't want to, you know, put it on anyway in the first place. Instead you decided to show uh, a one hour special about the college softball world series and the X games. And nearly uh, half the goals in last night's game were scored on ESPN two. A rerun of the 1972 dolphins on a fucking 30 for 30. Like that, that's what's more important than a game seven uh, in the playoffs in in the NHL. Like it's, it's insane. Wait, Jimmy, you're, you're muted, Jimmy. We have to do sign language. Jimmy, you're <laughs> muted here. Can he hear us? Jimmy, you're here. muted here. You Jimmy, sorry, guys. Language. I was saying it became like an avalanche, guys. It was like a giant snowball, just, you yeah. know, like building up speed and building up size, rolling down the mountain, you know, from the, the choice of uh, shows they put on to all the goals that happened in the first minute. It was like, oh, man. This is really embarrassing. You see what happens since we started talking shit about ESPN? Jimmy was muted forever. I just got knocked off of my stream. So oh, it's out there. You got to be careful. But, uh, <laughs> no, you but know no. what I feel bad for? I feel Big bad for there's some, really good, there's some really good on-air talent there at ESPN. There there's some good analysts, too. I like Boucher. I like Ferraro. McDonough and Washu's in their top two play-by-play guys, I think, are very good, uh, both of them. Um, and I, I, can't, I can't imagine any of them are excited. Uh, but I think even if McDonough's kind of a baseball guy, I don't even think he'd probably be liking what they've been doing here uh, with the even people in Boston. Night. My buddy yeah. was at the Sox game, and he left the game early, and he's like, "Hey, I'm in a bar. Why? Why can't they find the hockey game? Where is it?" 
<laughs> now, some people are saying it's not a big deal. Everyone gets ESPN. Does everyone get yeah. ESPN too? I've heard yes, for years. There's still one, people. No, here, here in the states, everybody. If you get ESPN, you get ESPN too. It's on basic cable. It's it's everywhere. Yeah. So they're and yeah. they're always connect. Unless you're here for some reason, they're literally like one channel over. Like I don't know why that's the case. Not the case. Here. Well, they have like I think with the satellite channels, they're far yeah. apart. Okay. I don't know, but anyhow, and here's a funny one. My boss, Dan Kingerski, he was in a casino in a sports book and they couldn't even get the game on there at first. No, it's just a joke. Yeah. Like, you're a sports book. Oh, you're, you're really into camp gambling and you know, you're promoting all these sports books and not even the sports books could have the game on for a few minutes like this. Yeah. You know, that yeah, I'm, I'll save this in and Jimmy, you can jump on too at some point for a Patreon down the line, but I'll have to share my experience yesterday of going to uh, the horseshoe uh, sports book in Hammond, Indiana. Yeah, not all sports books are running up and up the way you think it is. It ain't Vegas everywhere nowadays. No. So, with that being said, there's yeah. a lot that uh, that some places need to, to get the on the ball. Yeah, with same around here, guys. Yeah, same around here. It's uh, the MG one MGM in Springfield. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Like you're just better off doing stuff on the app. You know what? The ESPN coverage could be great, but you know what? The suits and the and the, and the big wigs at ESPN won't allow it to be great. And they'll just allow it to be a joke, uh, unfortunately, at times. And last night was one of those nights when it was a joke, what ended up happening. There's no question about that. Uh, you want to know the NHL, which uh, good faith television partner they have right now? Turner Sports. That's who's a good faith yeah. television partner. I think TNT has been sensational from the very yeah. beginning. Everything they've done, their production, their product. They give you like a 30 to 45 minute post-game show well, when their coverage ends. ESPN, they rush right off the air. Oops. The, basically, the uh, the horn sounds. Final score, 3-2. Stay tuned, Sports Center Coming right up, ESPN. Off the air. Off the air right away. No post-game. Where are all half of those yeah. Turner guys from, though, Ian? Where are a lot of those Turner guys carry over from? NBC. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. NHL. I'm sorry. I agree with you. I like Turner. I got nothing against TNT. But I'll take NBC in a heartbeat back right now. I'm sorry. The NHL really screwed them over with the way things, from what I hear, it was the NHL and not NBC. NBC wanted it back. Yeah. And this was a, this was a, a station, a network, a, a hockey programming or broadcast, whatever you want to call it. This, they helped put the NHL back on the map in the United States when, yes. when the game came back from the lockout. When they were down and out, they helped them. And they had a great production crew. They had good talent, and you know, I know not everyone likes Pierre Maguire. He's not your cup of tea, but I'd take him over seventy-five percent of people doing his role right now. Sorry, yeah, yep. I just would. And he knows the game a lot better, and he's way more connected. And it's just, I don't know if there was a way they could have done NBC and TNT. I'd be happy. That's that's yep. where I'd like it, but. I mean, I'll take NBC any day over ESPN. Yeah, it, it, you would have a show of hands that would go up so fast it could probably lift off a fucking roof if you said Pierre Maguire or Leah Hextall, and everybody would probably go Pierre Maguire. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, there, there's no doubt. Like I say, yeah, TNT, TNT has done well, though. I like everything they've done there. They give they give you, like a like I say, not only a 30-minute postgame, a great 30-minute postgame. Sometimes it even goes longer, 45 minutes after the game's end. Every night during the playoffs, there's a TNT post game when they've yeah. got the games. That's given the NHL some respect. Yeah. That's, That's like given CBC them the coverage they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're doing it like they do in Canada, which is great. Yeah, you know? yeah. not rushing off the air, 
you know, one the minute after ball. the game ends. Sports, sports Center with SB <laughs> right, yeah, or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. We got to get to this pickleball final in Omaha right now. Sorry. Yeah. We're going to have to cut away from game seven of the Stanley Cup final. Have a good night. Yeah, yeah. ESPN joke has its own network. Has been a, that's been a, a joke for years. Like I, I don't even understand what the fuck that's about now at this point. It's yeah. a spillover for everything else. It's just like, oh, we don't have enough airspace on ESPN. Just put it on ESPN too. Like it's not even its own network anymore. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, that was a that was a very disappointing, disheartening night for yeah. especially for American sports fans that lo- especially the American sports fans we- that love hockey, love hockey. They're hardcore about. It. They love it. They got the passion for it. They've got to pull, put up with this stunt, this bullshit that went down last night. With the start of Game Six with Vegas and Edmonton on ESPN, no one should have to put up with that. And bring it back, bring it back to the betting, right? So, like I said, I go to you know Mother's Day, me and my mom go to the casino. I have three paper tickets, right? Like you know, I I bet more on my phone, but I have you know I wanted some paper tickets. So my mom's watching the games, and we already hit two and zero, and we can't find the you know that's on ESPN two. We turn into it; it's two to one already. We go, oh, already hit the first period over two. Didn't get to see any of it because. (laughs) Of, of that whole thing so yeah you know so if you're trying to grow the game on any level just from a fan standpoint or a betting standpoint yeah i could have could have easily probably you know made some more money hitting next to score props if i had been watching the first five minutes but had to flip around to look for it so it's crazy yeah just a travesty what ended up happening uh last night we can only hope that seattle versus dallas game seven tonight will start on time on espn uh here tonight as they do have the rights for uh this game but uh i don't think they'll have an issue uh, tonight uh, from all indications speaking of game seven seattle dallas that is what we will be talking about in uh, just a moment uh shout out to everyone 145 live viewers on youtube hit the like yes. button we appreciate I love the it very much. comments about me well well played yeah. <laughs> it is i mean just um unfortunate uh, turn of events last night but hopefully a great game seven on tap we will preview it sides totals first period bets player props you name it we'll hit everything game seven Seattle, Dallas, coming up in just a moment right after we hear from Gramco. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake and bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you'll get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, the two best words in sports, Game 7. Here we go tonight, the final game of the second round. It is the Seattle Kraken and the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, We've got uh, in this one Dallas minus 200 home favorites here in Game 7. Uh, and how about this total for the now there are a couple five and a halfs. I do want to point that out, but it's more sixes than not at the majority of sports books. For the first time in this series, we have seen pretty much an adjustment across uh, the board. There are sixes at, you know, point bet points, bet, bet rivers, bet MGM, DraftKings, bet 365 all have six. But FanDuel, Pinnacle, 
Uh, Proline Plus, Bet Victor, Betway. There are still some books that have five and a half. So very important. If you like the under, find a six. If you like the over, find a five and a half. You know, you should be able to do that here uh, as far as game seven is concerned. So we'll start with the side. Dallas, obviously, we saw what happened in game six. And Peter DeBoer said it in his interview during the game with Leah Hextall. Like, we just, we're not playing Dallas Stars hockey. We're not playing good at all. They, what were the shots? 15 to two at one point in the first period for the uh, Seattle Kraken. I think it was just a simple case of, you know what? Seattle played with extreme urgency, desperation. They know they don't have another game, you know, if they lose Saturday night. And Dallas kind of played like, hey, we've got game seven at home, you know, in our back pocket. You know, and, and that's definitely the way that game started Saturday night. And uh, Dallas tried to get back into it, but Seattle was the better team, ready from the start, capitalized on their chances. Not the best game from Jake Ottinger, but they didn't give him a ton of help either. Uh, defensively, Dallas was atrocious, I thought, especially in the first half of that game, the breakdowns. How about letting, you know, right down Broadway was the quote from Wachusen on the third goal for Seattle, you know, and it was right down Broadway. No resistance to Bjorkstrand right through the slot, right through the middle of the ice in your own zone. And then he makes that beautiful feed to Tolvanen for the 3-1 goal on Saturday. Just just horrendous defensive coverage, non-existent from the Dallas Stars at times on Saturday night. Um, just awful game from them. And they know it, and, and Peter DeBoer knows it, uh, but they have been the ultimate resilient team, the bounce-back team, the team that after a bad game, they show up the next time and get the job done. And nobody resembles that more than Jake Ottinger. Entering tonight, Jake Ottinger off a loss this season, 22-4. and four. How about that for a record? 22-4 and four off a loss this year uh, for Jake Ottinger. And I think the record might even be better than that in the games he's been pulled. Where I, I don't know if he's lost, honestly, this year after he's been pulled. Not only a loss, but after he's been pulled in the previous game as well. And obviously that's what happened uh, in game six on Saturday night with uh, Scott Wedgwood uh, finishing that game in net for the uh, Dallas Stars. But again, Seattle's depth shone through again. Yanni Gord, a big goal to get them going early. Uh, you saw the contributions from Eberly getting the big power play goal. Bjorkstrand getting involved. Tolvanen scoring a big goal. It's once again, every line becoming a factor for the Seattle Kraken. And that's been their modus uh, operandi uh, here throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. No question about that. And uh, the blue line has been good enough. you know. And I think they've gotten... Better performances from some of their blue liners than maybe they got in the regular season. Like Adam Larson has totally elevated his game. Like he is playing great right now for Seattle uh, on the back end. Jamie Oleksiak turned into a real good shutdown defenseman for them uh, here in these playoffs. So, you know, this Seattle team just will not go away. Uh, and they're going to be able to draw upon the experience of going on the road in the first round and winning a game seven uh, on the road against the Colorado Avalanche. So, uh, this is definitely a Seattle team that's going to come in here believing and thinking and playing like they can win this game. Will they be able to is the question. You know Dallas will be better. There's no doubt about that. Uh, on home ice, they've always been very good off a bad game, and I would expect uh, nothing less here tonight. Uh, and I certainly expect Dallas to be ready from the get-go uh, here in uh, Game 7 here tonight uh, in this matchup. So I'm actually going to go a different approach with this game tonight, and maybe it's partially because of what I saw last night in game six between Vegas and Edmonton that I'm going to bet this game uh, from a side perspective, at least in this fashion, but I'm going to go this route. I'm going to take Dallas in the first period, minus a half plus 140. Okay. First period puck line on the Dallas stars. 
I'm going to come back and also take Seattle full game money line uh, here in this game uh, at the uh, price here. Plus uh, 180 at Bet365 looks to be the best price out there. The reason I'm doing that is because I think Dallas is going to win the first period. You know, I really think they're going to come out flying, uh, have a great start. I remember there was a game earlier in this series at home. They lost the previous game, and they came back, and they jumped on Seattle in the opening period. I think you'll see that tonight. But one thing about Seattle is you can never count them out, and they've shown an ability to keep fighting when they fall down. Uh, they have the chance to do that tonight. It's not going to be easy if they do trail after the first period, especially if Ottinger's bounce back, Ottinger type of play and performance shows up once again tonight uh, here in game seven. But this is also semi-bankroll protection for me with deciding that I'm going to take Seattle as well, full game money line, because I've got a lot of Dallas futures uh, invested right now. And I don't want it to go all for not. The one mistake I made is I didn't, you know, take something on Vegas here once I saw oh, Edmonton could lose this series. And I'm finally ready to say that going into tonight, Dallas could lose this series. The Seattle team is just persistent. They are fucking tough as nails mentally. They've shown that multiple times. They don't go away. They've got four lines. They've gotten themselves right back in this series after a disheartening game five to play the way they did in game six was incredible. You know, to me, I I think, and and to me, there's more than enough because I took Dallas futures and the the all-star break a little bit more when the playoffs started. Uh, this is protection right now uh, a little bit at this point, but taking Seattle here uh, in this game tonight. Uh, so that's why I'm on the Seattle full game money line, but I'm also on Dallas first period puck line. And I also think right now, if you're going to bet Dallas, it's the best value. You know, you can take them in regulation and lay a price, but I don't love it. You can take them minus one, you know, on the full game puck line, which I've done, you know, in previous games, this uh, c- series, but don't love it. I-, I think the best value is that plus plus one forty on the Dallas Stars in the first period. So that's why I'm on that, just like with Edmonton uh, last night in Game 6. And thankfully, I stopped with Edmonton at the first period, uh, looking in their direction uh, last night in uh, Game 6. So that's the way I'm approaching it from a side perspective. I'm going to seek out the pinnacles of the world uh, the as far as sports books are concerned here. And anyone that's got a 5.5, Pinnacle, FanDuel. Pinnacle's got 5.5 minus 115, believe it or not, with this total. It's the best I've found anywhere. I'm back on the over. I know game sevens in the NHL trend under, heavily to the under. I get that, just like they do in the NBA. If you want to take an under, I can't fault you for it. Based on it's game seven, you'd expect it to be a little tighter. If there's one game that's going to be tighter defensively, tighter checking, better defensive focus, it's this game. Game seven, all the marbles. But what have we seen? We've seen six overs in this series. We saw each regular season game go over. I've been on pretty much all of them. I'm on it again. And if it loses, so be it. We've had six winners on overs in this series. I'm not going to basically crawl into the fetal position and suck my thumb if I finally lose an over uh, in this series tonight. So that's not going to happen. So I'm back on the over, five and a half, even though I understand game sevens in this sport, NBA as well, do trend more often to the under. I think it's in the 54% range the last 10 years, game seven unders uh, in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. That, That being said, for me, Back to the over, which is cashed in every game in this series. Alex, game seven, all the marbles, Seattle, Dallas, winner takes on Vegas. Yeah, you don't have to tell me about a game seven NBA under because I got lucky and hit a huge parlay thanks to going uh, just under 200. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's game seven is usually tight. And I think we're going to see a back and forth battle, but I don't expect tightness in this game seven. Like I said, we haven't seen it all in the series so far. Why would we, we expect to see a, a kind of lower scoring, lower pace? 
kind of a game. Uh, that being said, I'm still not going to be on the total. I haven't been on the total at any point in the series uh, as far as full game goes. So that's a good chance. It's probably going to go over once again. Uh, the thing that I'm looking at here, and you touched on it, you know, like I said, if you have a ton of, of, of Dallas in play, which we both do, okay, I have three Dallas players for the Smythe. I have Dallas to win the West. I have a pair of, uh, you know, at this point, I have Carolina Dallas exact uh, price or exact matchup in the in the in the Cup final. I got a lot on Dallas right now, so it you have to grab some Seattle and put it in pocket, even if it's not a full on hedge. But you have to have some Seattle in pocket at this price at plus one seventy. I do have that as well as Dallas uh, to score first. I got that even money at Ben MGM. I also like the the first period puck line laying the half a goal at plus one forty. And if you shop around at uh, Bet Online, which usually their alternate totals are kind of wonky, they do have five and a half. So don't don't buy into that six. They have a five and a half. Just scroll down uh, into the actual game menu. You'll see the alternate total five and a half. You're laying over uh, the dollar twenty five for the over there. So definitely wanted wanted to make that a note. But this is going to be a fun game, just like we've seen back and forth throughout the series. I feel like Dallas jumps out early, but I can see where Seattle. You know, can kind of keep that pace, maybe even tie this game up early in, in the contest. Someone's mentioned about looking for the live over uh, in the chat. That's also a great way to look at this. I pro- I'll probably end up having some three and a half or four and a halfs uh, if they can, if they pop up on, on the over in game. But as far as five and a half, six, I'm just going to stay away from that. But I think we're going to see a back and forth battle. And, and obviously, my gut is, and this is the thing I said at the beginning of the season, the reason why I like Dallas, right? When you get into the situation of one game, name a goaltender you'd want to trust. And the only goaltender that I want to trust that's still left in the playoffs in one game is Jake Ottinger. So uh, I think Dallas can take care of business at home. Uh, it's not going to be an easy road. This hasn't been an easy series, but I think Dallas finds a way. They have the grit. They have the toughness. They have the mental fortitude and the killer instinct to put this team away, and I think they do it. So uh, I think I think we're going to be just fine with Dallas and all of our futures. I think they still stay alive, but uh, it, it it makes sense to take a little bit and, and hedge uh, and make sure it's not completely asked out. Have something uh, in that back pocket with Seattle. Yeah, and I'm just looking at uh, – I really made a point of it, and NHL.com did a nice job of documenting as well. How do players perform specifically in Game 7s? You know, a, a players – because, you look, the Game Seven's a different animal. It's life on the line. It's season on the line. You have to elevate, and you want to be backing from a player prop standpoint as I pivot now to player props for tonight. Guys that you know are going to show up in a Game 7. And you know who's going to I trust more than anybody, especially on the Dallas Stars side, to show up in Game 7. He is the new Mr. Game 7. He is the new Mr. Clutch in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Joe Pavelski, that's who, who is what, eight goals in this series now uh, for the Dallas Stars in six games. Just an exceptional, uh, amazing performance by Joe Pavelski in this series. Joe Pavelski has been in nine game sevens uh, in his career. Nine. Many of them, of course, with the San Jose Sharks. He has seven points uh, in those nine game sevens. So there you go. And uh, that's pretty impressive. Nine game sevens, seven points, because it's usually harder to score, you know, in a game seven. So the fact that he has seven points in nine game sevens in his career tells you that Joe Pavelski goal props and point props, you start there with your – with your, with your player prop looks tonight uh, in this game, as far as I'm concerned. Not only the Game 7 track record of production from Joe Pavelski, but also what he's done in this series. He's in an incredibly red-hot form 
uh, right now for the uh, Dallas Stars. So uh, there's no doubt player props start and end with him as far as I'm concerned tonight, Joe Pavelski. Uh, Jaden Schwartz has a very good Game 7 uh, track record for the uh, Seattle Kraken. A lot of them with St. Louis, of course, uh, in those years with the uh, Blues uh, prior to joining uh, the Seattle He's only plus 112 to get a point tonight for the uh, Seattle crack and plus 300 to get a goal. So Jaden Schwartz is someone to look out for, and he's had a pretty solid series and playoffs overall five and oh, by the way, is his win loss record in game sevens, uh, Jaden Schwartz as well. So he hasn't lost a game seven. So that's a little boon in the side of Seattle going into this, but there, you know, the great thing about these stats and these trends is there's things that point to both teams. You know, in that department, I mentioned Kraken or sorry, Jaden Schwartz, five and oh, in game sevens, you know, he plays for Seattle, uh, Seattle's two and oh, in elimination games this year. But the counter argument to that is Jake Ottinger's 22 and four off a loss. And that's the situation tonight. And Peter DeBoer, head coach of the Dallas Stars, who's not been my favorite coach. I've made that pretty clear uh, over the last several years. But, you know, he's done a night, had a nice season with this group. Peter DeBoer is a game seven undefeated coach. 6-0, and Peter DeBoer in Game 7s uh, as a head coach. You know, San Jose, Vegas, uh, obviously New Jersey. I think there was a New Jersey Game 7 potentially in that. Yeah, the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Rangers yeah. in New Jersey. Uh, remember, Henrique, it's over! Doc Emmerich with that great call uh, in overtime that year. Uh, Peter DeBoer coached that New Jersey team, that, that one Game 7 in the Eastern Conference Final. So, yeah, Peter DeBoer, 6-0. and Undefeated in game sevens as so a head coach. He's not and Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah, not Bruce Boudreaux. No. <laughs> Peter DeBoer, uh, yes. Uh, New Jersey, San Jose, uh, and Vegas, and of course now Dallas. Uh, perfect uh, in uh, game seven. So just an interesting stat. I mean, that's not, you don't unload on Dallas just because of that, but it's just a nice little factoid to mention, you know, in a game like this that uh, Peter DeBoer does have a very good track record here, undefeated track record in game sevens. He's not. He's not Bruce Boudreaux or Glenn Rivers uh, with, with that kind of a mark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Glenn <laughs> Rivers. Yeah, they're taking notes right now. Well, maybe we should see how the way the Peter DeBoer guy coaches in a big game. We could learn a thing or two uh, if you're Boudreaux, and if, certainly if you're Doc Rivers, who spit the bit. Uh, not 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 a surprise to me, by the way. Uh, yesterday in uh, Game Seven against the uh, Boston Celtics. But uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Game Seven, Seattle, Dallas. Up, oh, you're muted. I said yes, and go Celtics, by the way. And, you you know, with this game seven, I think it's going to be another classic. I really do. I'm feeling like a 3-2 game. I'm also loving the draw. Bring me to to overtime here, maybe even multiple. Maybe even multiple. Get get set for late night, boys. That's what I'm feeling. But we'll interfere with the pickleball. Yeah, yeah, I, I move this game to ESPN too. <laughs> so you know, find the radio feed just in case. Uh, but yeah, I feel like this is going to be a late one, and I think it's going to be a really classic game seven. And I'm just going to go against what my brain says because it hasn't been right too much in these Stanley Cup playoffs. So I'm taking Seattle as well. Give me Seattle on the money line and the draw and the under six in this game. All right, Seattle plus 170, under the total. For the first time in this series, Jimmy says we will see an under. Uh, First time all season, because the regular season games went over the total, too, with uh, Seattle Mm -hmm. uh, and Dallas. So uh, I'm fascinated to see it. Um, It's the last game this season for Bob Wischusen, by the way, and that crew. 
they're done after tonight, but what a way for their season to end. Uh, calling a game seven here with uh, Kraken and Stars for uh, Bob Shoes and Brian Boucher and Leah Hextall, that uh, trio uh, tonight for uh, ESPN, uh, because McDonough, Ferraro, and Kaplan, of course, get the uh, conference final uh, in the uh, next round. Uh, but we don't know who's getting which conference final, by the way. Apparently, and that's another thing, too. Who's given NHL more? Yeah, who, they haven't Jeez. decided yet because ESPN apparently gets first choice for the conference finals. They get to pick wow. which series they want, even though TNT is the only network that's given them the respect. That's crazy. But we'll give ESPN the first choice. Yeah. The and, and the natural the natural situation would be for TNT to get the Eastern Conference final because they're based in Atlanta. So all they got to do is go to Raleigh or go to Sunrise. But yeah. Who knows that that because that makes Watch sense. ESPN pick because Carolina it for sense, it. because it makes sense it won't happen. Yeah, that's, that's right. How no. it works. Yeah, and they'll put and that's another thing too. Like the they'll, they'll send the TNT crew on the road for the conference finals too. You know, just yeah. like they did last year. Like they make they give it a big feel to it. A pregame, a postgame, you know, a great discussion. You know, great. You know, they let everybody just be themselves. On I mean, it's just. To me, TNT's doing it right, and it couldn't be much worse with it, ESPN, other than the fact I like a couple of their play-by-play guys and a couple of their analysts that I think are good. But the way it's run behind the scenes with ESPN and their NHL coverage is just awful, you know, compared, obviously, to a TNT, as we've documented throughout the last uh, hour or so. Uh, all right, there you go. As far as shots on goal props, I mean, it almost hit last night, uh, and it did with Toronto in Game 5. It did almost did with Edmonton last night. I think we were one uh, Leon Dreisaitl shot short of hitting a plus 850 same game parlay on the main players of the Edmonton Oilers over their shots on goal last night. I think we were one shot short on Dreisaitl. Otherwise, it would have cashed. Uh, McDavid went over. Hyman went way over his shots on goal prop. Uh, and I believe um, who else was on that? It was McDavid, uh, Dreisaitl, Hyman. Uh, and uh, there was one more on that that I uh, had. I'm trying to think now who it was uh, last night. But uh, there was someone else, and they went over there. Oh, Kane. Kane went over as well. But, yeah, uh, the only one that stayed under was Dreisaitl. Uh, and otherwise, that would have cast. But tonight, I, I might look at a small sprinkle on that, especially with Dallas. I think Dallas is going to be on the front foot, probably carry the play a lot more. So, to me, if I were to put something like that together tonight, Dallas, I'd really focus mo- mostly on Jamie Benn, uh, Tyler Sagan, Joe Pavelski for sure, and probably Rope Hints. Uh, those four forwards, Ben, Sagan, Pavelski, and Hints. I would keep Robertson out of it. Robertson has not been consistently going over his shots on goal yeah. prop. He's been missing the net a ton. You know, that's not good for betting over shots on goal. So I think if you're putting together a SGP with Dallas Stars players, a nice little over shots on goal, uh, same game parlay, I think you got to keep Robertson out of it. You know, you got to look more at Hintz, Pavelski, Ben, and Sagan. You know, that four right now uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars. On the Seattle side, I'd probably go McCann has to be there. McCann's a high-volume shooter. Uh, no question about that. Uh, Schwartz might be where Eberly uh, for sure. Schwartz, Eberly, McCann, and, uh, a fourth. I'm trying to think who it would be for Seattle. Um, maybe Beneers, um, potentially, uh, because I think he's been trying to get involved a little bit more often, and he, of course he scored the other night, so you know, consider doing that in a game like this. It's a standalone game. It's the only game on the board. Nice little small same game parlay and uh, target the players for overshots on goal that you think are obviously going to have to elevate and make an impact. So that's definitely a suggestion I would make tonight as well. 
One more thing I would probably suggest, and, and if you're already heavy in the Dallas portfolio, to use the line from the, the remake of The Gambler, $260,000, what's a car? This is one thing I'm going to add to my, my uh, portfolio with Dallas. I'm going to take a shot with Joe Pavelski right now, 22-1 to 1 to win the Consumite. He has a big game tonight, and, and like I said, with, to add on to that Game 7 legacy, and with the injury that he already had coming back from that, he might leapfrog over. I mean, Jason Robertson, I could pretty much throw that one in the trash. Rupe Hint is still right there neck and neck, and then there's Ottinger. So now I'm basically getting rid of JR, and I'm adding Pavelski in with Hint uh, and Ottinger as a, as a three-horse uh, kind of thing moving forward with Dallas for a con smite pod. So that's something you might want to look into. Because if you if you were following me all the way through and you have uh, a Robertson, that thing's pretty much done. So you might as well just go pick up a Pavelski at 20 to one. I'm seeing 22 to one at offshore, but 20 to one at FanDuel and MGM. Yeah, I agree. And bet it now. If you think Dallas is going to win tonight and you've got a guy with a track record of showing up in a game seven and playing well, seven points in nine game sevens in the career of Joe Pavelski, bet it. If you think Dallas is going to win tonight, because that not only are they going to, if he has a big night, you know, the price is going to drop. They move on to the Western Conference Finals. The price is also going to drop because of that. You're not going to get probably anything close to 22 to 1 after tonight if Dallas ends up victorious, and especially if Pavelski has a huge hand in it and a huge part in it as well. So definitely, I think that's not that's certainly a nice price, 22 to 1, if Dallas can win Game 7 tonight and advance to that Western Conference Final against the Vegas Golden Knights. All right, great stuff, great show. Uh, we went a little longer today, even though with just the one game, because we're not on tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a day off. There's no games, so we decided uh, no Ice Guys show tomorrow. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday at, at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Chad Nearing will be back on the show once again. Uh, we'll break it down. Alex will be off uh, on Wednesday and probably right till Saturday, uh, but he'll be back with us on uh, Saturday uh, this weekend. Uh, we've got guests, though, on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Jimmy and Nate might be with us, our usual Friday guests, later this week as well. So uh, that's basically the plan moving forward. And the BetCast, uh, to be determined. Uh, we don't know yet, uh, but we will definitely let you know as soon as we schedule the next uh, Ice Guys uh, BetCast for the uh, conference finals. And we will try to do two BetCasts per week uh, the rest of the season now that we're into the conference finals, since now we don't have the six-hour marathon BetCasts anymore. Uh, we just have the one game, so it's like two and a half, three hours we can do two a week now because of that. So uh, looking forward to uh, that. We'll schedule that and confirm that later in the week. Uh, make sure you're checking out patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. Uh, goalie charts, totals, charts, power ratings, the daily ice guys show betting card posted there. We've got bonus video content that I uploaded a few days ago. Make sure you check that out and plenty more to come as well. Patreon.com slash ice guys, uh, just $10 a month. Yeah. And there's a lot more coming with that Patreon page this summer. Yeah. So don't think because the game to wind down, we're getting down to one game a day that we're going to be tailing off. No, we got a lot coming uh, this summer. So definitely Some surprises, surprise guests too coming up that yeah, uh, absolutely. You'll, you'll enjoy. So, yep. so looking, looking forward to what's coming this summer uh, <laughs> over at the ice guys Patreon, but also check out the ice guys store. IceGuys.myspreadshop.com. We've got hats. we got T-shirts. We've got everything you need. We've got discount coming this weekend, too, so we might want to check that out as well. So shop now, look around, and then buy it later when it goes on uh, discount this weekend. IceGuys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, someone in the chat, I want to mention the, the uh, comment, I'm scared shitless that the Kraken will win. Well, guess what? I know Dallas will give it a hell of an effort. They always do, especially after a bad game. But Seattle ain't going to give an inch. That much I know about Seattle, too, uh, with the way they have consistently uh, responded and had their, uh, again, just uh, four lines coming at you in waves. 
that's what makes this game fascinating because I could see it playing out in so many different ways uh, here tonight. And that's why we watch. We tune in to see how yeah. it goes. And we're going to find out in about five hours from now. Do what I did. Chill a bottle of champagne if Dallas wins and chill a bottle of vodka if they lose. There you go. There you go. That's the plan. So there you go. Alex is a uh, drinking uh, strategy here or plans uh, for the night uh, on display right there based on uh, how this game seven uh, transpires tonight. All right. Great stuff. We'll be back with best bets to wrap up the show right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0 takes care of your facial hair uh, and among other things. Uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at Manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it is time for best bets here for Game 7, Seattle-Dallas. Alex, we'll start with you. Best bet. Yeah, we're going to go with that uh, Dallas Stars to score first. Uh, even money at BetMGM. Like I said, I think that the you know crowd's going to be rocking and rolling early. I think Dallas can get on the board, and that's going to be crucial for them, right? You know, that's that will Seattle's calling card in, in the first round against Colorado, get on the board early. But Dallas has been able to kind of, uh, you know, keep that that pace and energy early. And if they can do that at home in game seven, get things rocking their way, uh, they'll be in, in good spirits. So play that Pantera early. Give me Dallas Star score first at even money, plus 100. It's my best bet. There you go. Dallas getting the first goal, even money, plus 100. Uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith. Jimmy Murphy, good to have you with us. What do you like for best bet tonight? I'm going to go right to overtime there, boys. Give me the draw as my best bet. There you go. Seattle-Dallas draw. Uh, a game seven overtime, boy, it's been a while since we've had a game seven overtime in particular. Man, would that be something else to see that uh, here tonight? But uh, Jimmy going to take a shot with the draw. Uh, you can get that. FanDuel's got a plus 370 uh, on the draw tonight. So uh, draw plus 370 for Jimmy with his best bet. Uh, my best bet is going to be, uh, look, uh, how, how can I deviate? I know game sevens can go under the total. I get it. But, geez, we've been just over, over, over in this series. Multiple times it's been my best bet for this show. How can we not try to uh, cap this series off with one more uh, over ticket cashed? So that's the way I'm going. Over 5.5, minus 115 here for Game 7 with Dallas hosting Seattle for my best bet uh, on this 
Monday game seven night with the uh, Kraken and the stars. Uh, as far as the good question, ice guys shows after the hockey season, we will not have daily live shows after the season. We need an off season too, uh, and we will have it, but we will have our annual free agency recap show. We do it every single year uh, in early to mid July, uh, right after free agency. We'll do that again and recap all the big moves, all the big signings uh, in free agency. And we're also going to do a player series of interviews exclusively on Patreon yeah. uh, throughout the uh, summer. We've got some good names and some good guests that are either current or former players joining us. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, all signed. We're going to roll them out, you know, gradually. We'll have, you know, one every couple of weeks, two, three weeks throughout the summer, just to give you a little Ice Guys content, you know, in those dog days of summer, uh, July and August in particular. Uh, with no NHL hockey uh, ongoing. So uh, that's the plan. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to giving you guys that uh, bonus content for our Patreon uh, members uh, throughout the course of the summer. The free agency show, of course, will be live and it'll be free to everyone, of course, right here on the uh, YouTube channel. But we will have those uh, bonus uh, shows involving these uh, the player series, if you will, on Patreon throughout the summer months. And a couple of things that have been on Patreon for a while, we will put over to the main channel so you guys can watch that if you haven't subscribed, which I don't know why you wouldn't have been subscribed already, but in case you haven't caught it or, or you haven't watched it back in a while, we will have that on the main channel during the summer and then to clear room and have space for all the new stuff that we'll be doing throughout the summer. Yeah, and by the way, the player series interviews, they won't necessarily be uh, betting specific. These are just going to be, you know, hockey in general, you know, type of discussion. So we're looking forward to that uh, for sure. And uh, uh, July and August, uh, that will be a part of the uh, package, if you will, on uh, Patreon. So uh, great stuff, Jimmy. Before we sign off, just uh, get some final words from you. Um, are, are you going to come back, join us on Friday? Yeah, for sure, guys. I'll be around. Let me know. All right. Good stuff. Jimmy will be back on Friday uh, with us here on the show. Good stuff. All right. The Ice Guys is live. Uh, of course, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday only now on weekends at noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy Game 7, Seattle, Dallas. No show tomorrow. But we will be back on Wednesday uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern, and we will talk conference finals, series, and game one previews coming up on Wednesday for the next edition of the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. 